a report came out and it's clear Connor Wigman's stock is rising heading into the 2024 season. You are locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, an article came out from Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South about Connor Wigman. And it is a really interesting article. Great all-around article. I highly recommend y'all going to check it out. Really good stuff. And he's kind of talking about how every SEC quarterback has a um, group, has somewhere they fit. Not Connor Wigman. And so listen, what I'm here to tell you is the stock is rising for Connor Rigman. I think people are really starting to take notice to who he is and remember who he is, folks. You got to remember, he went down with the injury to where people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's still a thing. And Connor Rigman is a really good quarterback. You know, I'm pulling back up the numbers and back up. You know, we're getting ready to talk about PFF here in a little while. Uh, Wigman had a 91.8 PFF grade during his handful of games before he went down with the injury. I mean, he was on pace to have an outstanding season. Numbers-wise, quarterback rating-wise, PFF grade-wise, every metric loved what Connor Wigman had done. So, I mean, people are remembering who he is. People are taking notice to Connor Wigman. His stock is rising. So I want to go through this article. It's really good stuff here. So he's basically talking about you can split. Um, so once again, this Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South writing about Connor Wigman. I really, really highly recommend Everybody going to re- give this a read, but I'm already little bits and pieces of it. He says you can split returning SEC quarterbacks into groups. There are the five fresh guys off New Year's Six Bowls: uh, Carson Beck, Jalen Milrow, Quinn Ewers, Jackson Dart, and Brady Cook. Then there are the talented quarterbacks in waiting who will be first-time starters: uh, Garrett Nesmeyer, Jackson Arnold, Lenore Sellers, and then Nico. Um, his last name's gonna be a tough one. The, the the kid from Tennessee. That one's gonna be an interesting one to learn. Um, returning starters who flashed potential, but ultimately weren't world leaders. Graham Mertz and Peyton Thorne. I don't know. I don't know what what I don't know what they what well, I don't know what they flashed. But I you know I I'm not gonna fight them on that one. And then there's the transfers. Uh, Blake Shapin at Mississippi State. Diego Pavia at Vandy. Brock Vandegriff at Kentucky. And then. Taylor Green at Arkansas, and then you got Connor Wigman. Wigman does not fit into a box with this batch of SEC quarterbacks, so he's the only one in this group. Um, he then goes on to say, you know, a lack of preseason All SEC love doesn't mean the Wig that Wigman is lacking All SEC upside, and that's what Ogara is arguing in this piece is that Connor Wigman is a player who could be an all-SEC player. And, and it's kind of what I've argued, is he's not going to be ranked there. He's not going to be predicted there. You know, you're not going to see 
um, Connor Wigman preseason this, preseason that. It's not going to happen because there's just so many guys who are a little bit more deserving of that. They played last year. You know, that's just the reality. But that's not to say that what Wigman going, is going to do on the football field this season won't have him receiving those honors at the end of the year. So it's kind of like when um I've seen some different folks do uh, quarterback power rankings, and I've said, you know, listen, like Connor Wigman's not going to be ranked super high in this, and that's okay. We understand that. But when you do this again at the end of the season, it would not surprise me for Connor Wigman to be a top five quarterback in the SEC with the upside of top three. I mean, that's how good he can be. Um, so he goes on to say he's got to stay healthy. Pass protection has to keep him healthy. Um, he talks about – this is the only thing about the article I disagreed with was he was super high on um, the transfer receivers, Cyrus Allen and, and Jabri Barber. I'm not not high on him. We talked about them on yesterday's episode of Locked on Aggies. But, you know, I think that they – I think there's some really good guys on roster. What I'm saying, he kind of acts like he goes on to talk about how Allen could be the next, um, the Trey Harris kid from uh, where did he put? Was it South Carolina? Um, Harris. Uh, oh, it was Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. Uh, that Trey Harris kid. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was South Carolina, but yeah, Trey, the Trey Harris kid came from Law Tech. Um. That was really good. He's kind of somewhat comparing him, but not comparing him to Trey Harris coming from La Tech, going to Ole Miss and having a good year. I, I don't I don't think you're going to see Cyrus Allen. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they're going to be fighting for a little bit of playing time here. Same with Jabri Barber. I mean, you know, I had a lot of folks comment and say, listen, I think Micah Tease is, is you know, they said, Andrew, listen, I think you need to be a little bit higher on Micah Tease. So um, I, think, I think they're a little high on some of these receivers. That's the only thing about the article I really – not totally in on not to say that they're not going to see the field and that they're not going to play. I'm just saying, I think that there's some other really good guys in that room. Um, he says that his optimism in Wigman is rooted in a couple things. First of all, look what he's done as a starter in those eight games. He has a 16 to two touchdown to interception ratio, the two picks, you know, against Miami one and I Smith fell down and the other, he was just trying to make magic happen on fourth down. Um, but, and then, you know, he says the 48, 33 loss to Miami had a lot more, a lot to do with the horrid horrificness of the young secondary rather than Connor Wigman himself as he had 365 and three total touchdowns. So, you know, it's hard to get upset at Connor Wigman for that game is kind of what he's saying here. You know, Connor Wigman is a guy who um, played well at that game. I mean, really he threw the football well, he did a lot of good things, but, the poor play of the secondary kind of led to this Texas A&M team not being able to get the win down there, which was a painful loss, but one that, like I said, I don't know that you can necessarily put that on Connor Wigman by any means. Um, and then you went on to talk about just how good his his uh, quarterback rating was, you know, 158, a whole bunch of games. It was up there with Quinn Ewers. He had really good numbers, a really good quarterback rating, um, great numbers. So what? What? I guess the premise of this article and the reason that I loved this so much and wanted to talk about this was kind of, you know, I, I think it's what we've been saying here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's what we've been saying here on Locked on Aggies for weeks and weeks and weeks now is that 
Connor Wigman is a player that has a really, really high upside. That's the whole argument we've been making is his upside is through the roof. He's not, and, and, and you know, exactly like I've said, he's not going to be ranked there heading into the season. There, I don't think you're going to see a huge Connor Wigman hype train like you're going to see here at Locked on Aggies. There's not, it's not going to be a thing. But I do think when you look back at the end of the season compared to where Connor Wigman's kind of being projected now to where he's going to be at the end of the season is going to be a huge difference. I really do think you're going to see Wigman have a good year um, for the Aggies. And, um, you know, and I'll be honest, we've had this discussion time and time again here on the show. I've had folks comment and say, well, Andrew, you know, I don't think, um, I think you're a little bit too high on, 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 on Wigman. I think you should be thinking more about some of these other quarterbacks and, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not denying there will be a quarterback battle. I'm not denying the talent of Marcel Reed and Jalen Henderson. I'm simply saying, I think, Connor Wigman is going to be a really good player in the SEC. And I have folks in the comments, it's 50-50. I have, I have folks that are all in on Connor Wigman, and then I have folks that are, you know, um, in on Marcel Reed and in on Jalen Henderson. And listen, I just think folks forget what Connor Wigman was because, you know, because I think recency bias plays a little bit into that. I think folks, you know, remember, you know, Marcel Reed, the new shiny uh, piece, he was incredible in the bowl game. Jalen Henderson was incredible when he was in the field before going down with his injury in the bowl game. So I think folks just kind of remember that and forget what Connor Wigman is. I'm not saying those guys aren't great. Those guys might not be the future after Connor Wigman moves on. But I think right now it's Connor Wigman's show, and I think he's going to put on a really, really – He's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be incredible for the Aggies, and it's good to see. Um, you know, Connor Agar is a writer I really respect. It's good to see him putting some respect on Connor Wigman's name. So I was really happy to see that. You know, on the trend of talking about some stock risers, you know, it seems like the stocks are rising a little bit for Connor Wigman. Let's talk about some other Texas A&M players that I think are going to have really good seasons and, and have a better display on the field next year than they did last season. We will have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of interesting narratives, a lot of fun things to follow. Um, Is it going to be the Chiefs? Is it going to be the 49ers? I just think uh, it'd be so cool to see Mr. Irrelevant win a Super Bowl. Um, You know, and I know the rumors of, well, he's a game manager and he's this and he's that. I just think it'd be so cool to see Brock Purdy take this team. And I'm a big uh, Christian McCaffrey fan. I'm a big Iuke fan, big Debo Samuel fan, Kittle fan. It'd be really awesome to see this team win a Super Bowl. Listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Chiefs hater. They've just, they've won a lot, you know. They, they've they got theirs. I want to see somebody else get get one. And and I think the 49ers are a really good team and they deserve one. It'd be really cool to see Brock Purdy win one. FanDuel has so many ways you can end the season with a dub or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So I've got some players here that I think could raise their stock in 2024 and just flat out have a good season. So the first guy I've got is Le'Veon Moss. I'm Folks, I'm really convinced that Moss is going to have a, a, a massive season. I just think he, the running back room as a whole struggled. A lot of players in and out of the lineup with the injury. I think Moss is, is just a great football player. Great football player. Um, and once again, you know, he was on and off the field, so he's got to stay healthy. But that's going to be the case with everybody. Obviously, you can't have anybody going in and out. Um, you got to keep got to keep him healthy. Got to keep him on the field. But Le'Veon Moss is I, – I just think he is such a good running back, and I think that he's going to have a good year. I think um, I think that a new scheme from Coach Colin Klein, I think better offensive line play, and once again, better offensive line play, as we just heard talking from Connor O'Gara on, from Southern South, talking about Connor Wigman, you know, they got to keep him healthy. Connor Wigman is only going to be as good as his offensive line, and, and I talk about that all the time. The offensive line play is so important. Because it's always going to elevate the rest of the offense. If you don't have offensive line play, it's going to be hard for the running backs to, you know, find holes. It's going to be hard for the receivers to have time to get open and, you know, the quarterback have time to get the football to them. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of going to come down to this offensive line, but I think Le'Veon Moss is going to have a really good season. And I, I just, I think he's going to run for a lot of yards, folks. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he might take over as the guy a little bit, which will be interesting because you have so many good running backs in the room. I like the new guy from Stanford and Smith. I like who you got um, and Daniels and Owens. I mean, we're going to talk about Ruben Owens here in a little bit, um, but I just think Le'Veon Moss is going to separate himself and really be that guy. The next guy I got here is Bryce Anderson. I, I just love his versatility when it comes to being a defensive back. He can do it all. He can play it all. Um, you know, a guy last year that we're going to talk about his PFF grade in a little bit, um, you know, didn't have a, of a bad season. I would say it didn't have a great season. I, I perfect, you know, I would say he had a good season, a good season, which um, compared to the rest of the secondary is, you know, not a bad thing. Let's be honest with ourselves here. So Bryce Anderson's a guy. I mean, I think he's, he's the one, one real returner that looks good to really start in the secondary, um, you know, and, 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 I mean, we're going to get get to who's going to start here, who's going to start there. I want to get through signing day. That's coming up soon. I want to get through all that stuff um, and then really look at this roster. What do you got heading into, um, you know, the practices coming up and, um, and the game coming up. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I, I think that Bryce Anderson is the one guy that really does have a good shot at starting from last year's crew. Um, you know, because there's a lot of guys coming back that didn't have a great year. A lot of young guys coming back. Some of the young guys that I wouldn't be surprised to see sneak in there. But um, with all these guys you brought in via the portal in the secondary, it would not shock me at all to to see not a ton of returners out there playing. But on Bryce Anderson's one, I think you will see out there, and I think he's going to have a good year. The next name I have here is Donovan Green. It's This is a super easy name to have in this conversation because he, of course, did not play last year with the ACL tear. But, folks, I'm so high on what he's going to do. 
I think Donovan Green is going to have an absolutely incredible, incredible season for the Aggies. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it. I like how, and I want to add to, I actually have, I have Jaden Platt here as well. Um, and he's a player, which it's going to be interesting because listen, you know, they brought in a couple tight ends at the portal. Coach Klein loves the tight end position. He wants to have a whole bunch of talented tight ends. You know, we know that we, we, we know that his offense really keys in on having talented tight ends. Um, and I have Platt here as well. Um, just because I think he's a really good player. And I, I think that Donovan Green, I think Donovan Green, I guess you could see move on to the NFL at some point soon to where Platt takes over as the guy. So that's why I have um, Jaden Platt's name here. But but Donovan Green is the guy who I think is just going to absolutely turn heads this year. I think he's going to have a massive, massive, massive season. Um, you know, and he's got to come back from the injury. He's got to get healthy. That's that, that's difficult. You know, it's always – you're never yourself coming back from that ACL tear immediately. you got to work back into it, get your speed, get your shiftiness back. But – I mean, I felt the same way about Donovan Green heading into last season before he went down with the injury. It was a really unfortunate injury for this for this roster. So I think getting him back and getting him healthy um, is going to be a real plus for this team. And on top of that, I think it just – I think he's a good tight end that's going to make this team better. So um, he's a guy that I think folks are forgetting a little bit about just because we haven't seen him last year because of the ACL tear. But he's a dude who's going to have a good year. Next name I've got here is DJ Hicks. DJ Hicks, just based on how deep the defensive line was last year, and as a true freshman, you didn't see the field a ton until really the bowl game. But, man, is he going to be a good player. Um, I was a little worried about him maybe heading out. I'm glad he stuck around because he's he's going to be really, really, really dominant um, in the SEC on the defensive line. So getting him back was huge. I think that I, I was worried. Let's be honest. I was worried you were going to lose him. I was worried that he was going to move on. So having him back is a real is a real plus, folks. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he found a way to start. That's just how good he is. We knew who he was coming out of high school. He kind of got buried because of a being a freshman, which we, I always say it's hard to come in and carve a role in the trenches as a true freshman. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I think Hicks has a great year. The next name I have here is uh, Terrian York. And this one isn't a surprise. I think York is going to elevate his game. And it's going to be hard to because what he did last year was, was I mean, I would have never in a million years guessed Terrian York was going to do what he did last year. But I do think he's going to elevate his game even more this year. I think he's going to have a, a huge leap from point A to point B when it comes to what Terrian York is going to put out there on the football field. Um and I think he's just going to really take over this this linebacker. I think he's going to be the captain of this defense. He's just he's going to have a great season. Uh, Terry York's going to player. He's going to be a player when he's in the NFL. We're going to look back on and say, "Man, I didn't see that coming." I'll be honest with you, I did not see that coming with Terry York. I, I was not expecting him to be this dominant player this early on into his career. So him doing that was really incredible to see and. I think he's going to be one of the next great Texas a, uh, former Texas A&M players in the NFL. That's just how good he is. So um, York's going to be a great player for this Texas A&M defense, and he's going to make Mike Elko a very, very happy man. So last conversation here I want to have 
is a little PFF stuff. I, I pulled some players, some of the guys we just named, that I think could raise their PFF grades this season. Um, and, and, and the interesting reason of to why I think they'll they'll raise their PFF grades. So we will have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. So, who's going to raise their PFF grades this season? And I kind of want to want to get why to me why this is interesting. In PFF, once again, I always add the caveat to this: it's not the you know PFF grade doesn't mean everything. It's kind of like to me the plus minus in basketball. Some like it, some don't. That's fine. Whether you're pro PFF, anti PFF, all good here. Um, but. I think what's interesting is, so a player like Shamar Turner, great PFF grade, 76.6. Anything above 70, to me, is a good PFF grade. Anything above 80 is a great PFF grade. And if you have something above 90, then you are superhuman. Um, you know, like um, Edwin Cooper had a 90. Wigman had a 90 in the handful of games he played. So it's not easy to do. Um, but, so Shamar Turner has a 76.6 PFF grade. But what's interesting is this. He has a 58.3 tackle grade. So, you know, that's kind of what's interesting about this. He needs to work on that. He needs to improve that. And I think if you get that, you know, if you get that tackle grade up to, to 67, you know, you raise that. Your overall grade could get up to a, to a 78, to maybe an 80. You raise some other aspects. So that's kind of what's interesting is these players need to raise some of those intangible details that go into making each individual PFF grade. So that is the one for Smart Turner. Another guy who I think is going to raise their PFF grade is Ruben Owens. Of course, I did just get done saying that I think that Le'Veon Moss is going to take over as the guy, and I do think that. I think Ruben Owens is going to be able to take his PFF grade from the 62.1 that it is and level that up to the next level. You know, a 70, a 71, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you look at PFF grades, I mean, look at the players that have transferred to the Texas A&M. You know, when you have a football career, often more times than not, the PFF grade is gonna re- is gonna jump from year to year. True freshman year, sixty two. Then you go to a sixty eight, and then a seventy four, and then senior year up to an eighty three. Like that's gonna happen. It's kind of the natural growth of players. So I think Ruben Owens will take that step next season um, and raise that PFF grade. The next player I have is a veteran, and it's Moose. I mean, Moose's PFF grade was not great last year, and his somewhat limited snaps at a 65.2. And I mean, I just, 
I, I believe in Moose. I believe in the player he is. And I think everybody here at Locked on Aggies, I think as a community, we all agree there. I think we, we agree Moose is going to have a good season. Um, so I think 65.2, that grade, I think he's going to lap that this year. I think you could see him putting up a 75 PFF grade. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I, of course, I, I, you know, took down all the PFF grades so we can kind of compare next year and say, well, hey, how did they raise from year to year? Because to me, that's a little interesting. Um, um, we'll do that after next season. I mean, but you know, Moose is a player. I wouldn't be surprised if he had the largest leap on the team if he if he took this thing up 12, 13 points on PFF, which is really hard to do. But he's a veteran player, and I, you know, he didn't have his best season. He wasn't out there, he was misused, mismanaged, whatever. Um, I think if used properly, we know what he can do on the football field. The next name I have is Jade Walker, who had a 73 PFF grade, which once again. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, how many snaps is Jaday Walker going to play and what's his PFF grade going to be? I'd have been like, well, he's going to play 40 snaps and he's going to have like a 63. I mean, he he was incredible. And I think that he has a shot with, with Moose and Noah Thomas, who I, who I also have down here. Noah Thomas at a 71.2. I think all three of these receivers raised their PFF grade substantially. I do. I think they're going to take the leap. Now, are the, is, is someone going to take over? Is the one, two, and three? Yes, that will happen. But I do think that you're going to see these guys elevate their PFF grades from year to year, take that step to the next next level. Um, but today Walker's a player. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the 80s PFF grade-wise after this year. I mean, he's just an efficient player, the type of player that PFF is going to absolutely love. So, no, it would not surprise me one bit to see that. Then you've got Terry and York at a 72. I wouldn't be – he's the, he's the other player. Up there with Moose, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a, a 89 PFF grade. I mean, I just think he's going to have such a good season. I think he's going to be the captain of this defense, as I said. I think, you know, I mean, look what Coop did last year. I think you could see York have that kind of dominant season. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised one bit to see York's PFF grade level up 10, 15 points. That's just how good I think, how high I think of him, and how I think how high I think of the play he's going to display this year. And then lastly, I got Bryce Anderson. Same kind of reason I talked about him being a, a guy whose his stock is rising. I think that Bryce Anderson is a player who's going to take that seventy one point nine PFF grade. Not a bad grade, like I said, a seventy plus is a, is a good grade on PFF. But I think he's going to take that seventy one point nine and elevate that to the upper seventies, low eighties. With, with a really good year this year. So those are the folks who I think are going to elevate their PFF grades this season. Um, and there'll be some more, and I, I think you can see some of the transfers do the same thing. It'll all be interesting. But those are the guys who I think you could see elevate their PFF grades. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all so much for being here every single day. I really do appreciate it. And once again, we're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming up with the um, signing day, a lot of interesting conversations there. So thank you all for being here. A lot of fun stuff coming. Everybody have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.